Welcome to Moments with Deru podcast, season five, and I'm your host, Modoni. This is a space to inspire, encourage, and uplift you. You can join our community by visiting www.momentswithndero.com. Throughout this season, there will be a combination of solo and interview episodes where different thoughts will be shared, and I hope you'll grab a hold of one or two words and apply them into your lives. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest grew up in Vietnam and migrated to Australia at the age of nine, then became a single mom at just 20 years old. Determined to create a brighter future for her son, she started her first e-commerce business in 2009 to escape from the rat race and to have a flexible lifestyle so she can be there for her son. This first business gave her the experience and knowledge with outsourcing and after realizing she had no passion for her e-commerce business, she started a successful marketing agency in 2011 based on outsourcing and working with virtual assistants from overseas. In 2015, she pivoted from her marketing agency model to a recruitment model and launched Outsourcing Angel, helping business owners to hire and work directly with virtual assistants. Welcome onto the show, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me on. What's the one thing that you're learning about yourself post-pandemic? The best thing that I've learned about myself is I'm very adaptable um, and that I, I'm, I'm not fearful of circumstances that happen, you know. So during the pandemic, obviously, we panicked or everyone was like, this has never happened. And, you know, sales were going down. And knowing that prior to that, I made some um, recruitment decisions, hiring people and really um, it really affected the the business um, cash flow. And I remember my my virtual CFO going, you really need to you know, sack some people, right? Even though they're lovely, but, you know, you got to think about your numbers. And I remember going, nope, I'm not scared. I'm going to keep hustling and I'm going to push through. And I just realized that with that attitude, I can survive anything. And I think that attitude really came from being a single mom and surviving as a teenage mom. And knowing that you can survive that, I really felt that the pandemic really was, again, another challenge that was like, oh my God, this is different, it's new, but it's like holding on to the the past uh, triumphant or victory that I'm able to go, I can do that again. Could you talk a little bit more about that? You know, being a survivor, being able to adapt and just telling yourself, yes, I may be a single mom, but I'm going to start a business. I'm just going to throw myself into the deep end. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I didn't have the family that who was supportive. You know, I was uh, unlucky and lucky in a, in a sense where I'm lucky in that they weren't supportive, but the lucky in that because they were like that, I was very like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm really going to just show you that if you put your mind to anything, you can succeed. And that's just out of faith. Like I had no role models. I had no aunties and uncles that have done it. I just purely had something in my heart that really pushed me through. So I had to really just go through life with blind faith and just knowing that I just don't like the my current lifestyle and I really want to make a change. And, and with that 
clear vision and goal, I really just, you know, stay focused regardless of my parents going, stop doing what you're trying to do. You know, uh, you're never going to succeed. And now that you're a single mom, you know, you even more worse chance of doing it. And so I really just didn't want any of those, you know, I guess people's beliefs to be put on me, even if it's my own parents. And there are times where I have to like move away from them, not live with them and just do my own thing. And I think that is the reason why whether people succeed or not, sometimes it's because we're listening to too many other people's advice on how we should live our life. And I basically was like able to ignore and push through through faith, just truly believing that you can and uh, and then being able to um, just take one one day at a time and putting my, you know, putting finishing uni, let's get a job, learn, learn some things. And then, um, okay, now just try to start a business. You have no idea, but just do something one day at a time. And those one day equals 10 years later. It's like, okay, so glad I started my business. Now I'm like way ahead of a lot of people. <laughs> so how did you find your way in pivoting in creating like now I think Dawn Media is your third business how did you do yes. that yeah so you know it's always about problem solving and how do you make people's life better and so uh, outsourcing angel was the reason was like how do I get people to get things done in their marketing and admin easily and and make it even more cost effective all right let's stop being the middleman and let's match them directly so that was like that's how um, I came up with the idea. Now with Dawn Media, once again, video marketing was something that I started to get into in 2018. I remember going, that's it. I'm going to really try to, um, you know, put effort in videos because I understand, I just knew that videos were a way for us to expand ourselves, right? There's only one of us and we can't talk one-on-one -on -one with everybody, but we can talk one-to-many. And video is one of those amazing way to like get ourselves out there. And even if you're asleep, you're online version could still be floating around on YouTube and people can watch it. So I knew how powerful it was, but I went through the same experience as most people don't know what to talk about. So hard to get into the momentum of creating videos. I'm awkward. I'm shy, everything else. But because I made that decision, I really just pushed through and went through it. And so when I was trying to think, well, actually the, the idea came from me and a friend wanting to do something together as like a project. Like, what can we do together as a project? And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to create video, help people create video content easily. And, um, you know, it's one of those ideas that I don't do anything about, but since we're talking about, let's do something get together, let's do it. And so my goal for Dawn Media is like, how do I take away all of those problems as a business owner, trying to get into videos, uh, to have a, if, if back in the days, I wish someone could do this for me. And so what I love about pivoting is not about what, how, what can I do to make money? It's really about what can I do to make people's lives better? And if someone else isn't doing it, I'll do it. And then being able to constantly listen to the market. And I remember starting out Dawn, we were just focusing on helping people to not be shy. And how we do that is we interview people, we, re we record the video so that we can get the best snippets from people, like the little bite-sized videos. But we quickly realized that a lot of, some people don't know what to do with the videos or some people who, um, you know, they're too busy to even release and publish the video. And so we had to go, okay, well, how can we make their life better? So we added in strategy, added in, you know, execution and, and publishing the video for you. And so it's really about listening and continuing to pivot in a way to serve 
the people that you want to serve. And by adding value is how you grow your business. Love it. Adding value is how you grow your business. So in this hustle of growing our businesses, growing our careers, does success and happiness go in, go hand in hand, or one has to be, you know, forgotten to pursue the other? Oh, this is my favorite topic. So I'm actually writing a book right now called The Happiest CEO. And the book was inspired by me ex- witnessing people who have more success than me, more, you know, wealthier than me. And I'm talking about even my own husband who has a bigger business than me, and yet he's always stressed out. He was always delaying happiness, going, until I finish this, then I'll go on holiday. Or until I finish, oh, I'm, I'm grumpy because of my business and all that stuff. And then also growing up with my parents who was working day and night and never had a holiday. And that was the reason why maybe I was so motivated to always question myself in a sense, how can I have success, but at the same time, time enjoy my life and be happy because I've witnessed my own parents you know unhappy and and you know and not even having a good marriage because they were just letting their business or their um, job really take over their life and then I was able to then witness it like I said with even people that aren't my parents age and this generation and so I realize that why have I've always been happy? It's because I've always prioritized happiness. Even when I was a single mom, I made sure to take care of myself, meaning, sorry, I got to go you know, to a nightclub with my girlfriends. I'm only 21. You know, I'm not going to sit at home and just cuddle my kids. I will go home and mind my kids, but I will always have a, that self-care time, time to pursue my own dreams, time for my kids. And it's really about having that balanced life that allowed me to be happy. So happy is actually, happiness is actually um, a c- accumulation of joyful moments that we create for ourselves. I'm a happy person because I choose to always be, uh, you know, create a little joyful um, morning. For example, my morning routine would be waking up early so I have my time for myself, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Meditate, journal, exercise. Those are little key moments that make those little moments joyful. And if you have a lot of joyful moments, you end up realizing you have a happy life. And so I think people think that they need to get to success, get to somewhere, but that somewhere never get somewhere especially people who are busy in business too it's always like oh until this finish but something else will pop up and so it's like how do you create more joy in your life and and kind of also um make it integrated inclusive in the way you run your life so it doesn't feel like it's you know you gotta live a, a crappy life for a long time and then and then you go on a big holiday no it's about little things that could make your day and so I even spend time writing like letters to my staff. You know why? It gives me joy. When I write that love letter to one of my team members and post it to them, they receive it and they're like, oh my God, you made me feel something. And all those little, we discredit a lot of little things that we do, but those little things are so important into being happy regardless of what our our external circumstances. You couldn't have said it any better I mean yes happiness is just an accumulation of joyful moments so your younger self is seated across you right now and you know all of this what would you tell her Uh, Lynn just be less 
um, ignorant. So I think when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. I think most teenagers think like, I know it all, you know. Um, and yes, it was, it served me in a way where I was curious. I got myself out there, but I also was very blinded by a lot of things. I was not, I was, I was never reading books. I never really got out of my own little you know, shell. And so now that everything that I am now is very different to when I was younger. Now it's like I embrace learning. I um, focus more on the moment and present moment and also not stressing out about controlling situations. Of course, it came with maturity. I don't think any young person would already know straight away. But I think if I was to talk to my young self, it would be more of like, just calm down, you know, kind of treat each moment in an a, a peaceful, calm way, do each thing right and also learn more, ask more questions. And and I guess I have to make as much mistakes that I did because I've done a lot of silly mistakes, dating wrong people, doing a lot of things, which I think it also just came down to me. I know it all, you know, and what I find in life is there are people who are, are grown up and still I know it all. Oh, that's, you know, that's common sense or that's that, that's that. And I'm like, oh my God. So it doesn't matter what age people are at. They still just have that mindset that limits them. And so my limitation was being blocked uh, or my, um, you know, my growth was being blocked because I thought I knew everything when I was younger. Mindset is so powerful. And as you've said, when you have that mindset where you think you know it all, it limits your growth. It limits you from, you know, getting more information about stuff around you and just growing in different aspects of your life so there's one mm -hmm. word that she kept mentioning throughout this conversation faith um, why is it so important to you and how does it play an integral role in your life yeah so I was not born religious at all I um, my parents are like Buddhist but don't really practice it I went through I went to Catholic schools and I never believed anything of anything in the Bible anything any teaching I felt it was like a nice moral story but there was nothing interesting and so faith for me at the time was there was just something in my heart that shown me a life that I knew I should have, but I'm not living it right now. And I can't describe that. I don't know how, but it was being able to see the un unseen. And, you know, like I said, I told my parents, like, oh, my dream is to be successful and be rich. And I, I'm going to live like this one day. I just saw it in my eye, in my invisible eyes. And, and I had conviction, like I knew it was going to happen. But it was hard for other people to see it because it's like, like how like what evidence have you got like you know oh I, you know some people could say oh yeah I'm gonna live this life because my I'm gonna my my family is rich all that um yeah there's evidence there was no evidence for me and so I don't know why that faith was an inbuilt in thing that I felt in my heart and I could ignore every noise out there because it was if someone or God told me deep down without any logic it wasn't a spoken word but it was a feeling in the heart and so um, I guess I would call myself very intuitive, can feel things. And it led me to um, a life of just, look, I'm, I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of uh, silly things, which then led me into that uh, that moment where I remember going, oh my God, life, God, why is my life so difficult? Uh, and I need help here. And that first surrendering moment was when I discovered that was there was a real God because in that moment was the first time that my life changed in that year. So 
prior to that, I made a lot of lot wrong decisions, never saw any opportunities in life, only had the faith, but was making everything wrong. But when I surrendered to God, who at that time I didn't know even existed, in that year, I, 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 you know, I was all of a sudden I saw opportunities. I saw that I should do a life coaching course. Then I did the coaching course and I learned so much about myself and, and how life works. And then I went and discovered, you know, vision boards and manifestation. I started practicing gratitude. I did everything. And in that year, my whole life changed from starting a business, um, finding the love of my life and all that. So I was like, oh my God, there is a God out there. And I, it gives me even more reason to have faith. And over the last 10 years, I guess I was even more hungry for spirituality. And it's like something deeper is calling me. I don't know what it is. And I was fortunate enough two years ago to um, stumbled across a video on YouTube from a pastor who spoke to me. I just felt it in my heart. And I thought I should go to church. And one thing led to another. And I am now a Christian. <laughs> and so I have, I just got baptized last year. And why am I telling you that is that I came from a person that was so logical in life, had um, was an atheist, didn't believe in faith in that way, faith in, in terms of spirituality and God. But I basically witnessed it all and converted myself. No one actually converted me. And now I would say that my faith is deeper. It's not just, you know, just like, oh, there's a heart feeling, there's a thing. It's more of a faith in God. I know God has designed my life in this way and that way. And that means that I live a much more peaceful life now. Beautiful testimony. We call that a testimony <laughs> where if we look back on our lives and we're like, oh girl, silly, silly mistakes, silly, silly actions. But then at some point you just tell yourself, I need to surrender to God and truly live mm -hmm. my life for him. And as you said, you be your life becomes peaceful and you just can't describe that piece. And I guess it's- Yeah, are you a Christian you. yourself? I am a Christian. Yay! And, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's amazing how, I don't know how I would have reached this far in my life without him. You know, there are moments that you mm -hmm. go through, especially the pandemic, and you're like, you know, God, if you were not part of this, I would have given up a long time mm. ago. But because mm. of him, I keep going on. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So what are you learning about life from your children? Wow, they test my patience. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, look, I still wouldn't say I'm the perfect mom and I don't think there's a rule book for that, but I always measure it in terms of how affectionate they are towards me, how, how independent they are and not look into the little details every day. But overall, I feel like, whenever I'm yelling at them and really angry, I can see the side of me that needs to improve. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm still figuring out how to not do that and have them listening. So I feel like it's a, it's, it's such a learning curve. And I feel like luckily they aren't kids forever. So when they grow up, they, you know, eventually the lesson kind of like ends. Um, but yeah, I feel like my, uh, my kids are very affectionate and they, kids are carefree but you know what I'm always a child at, in, at heart as well so that's how I feel like I'm very close to my kids because I just feel like 
I'm forever young. So I talk to them like friends and I love hanging out with them, but I don't act like I'm like a mum unless it's like, all right, school time, do this, do that. But other than that, I feel like we're really connecting our immaturity level. <laughs> so, um, and, and yeah, having kids is, is really, really fun. It just keeps, um, you know, I, I was fortunate to be a mum so young. So I, I felt like I had a purpose, you know, because my son, because I was only 20, 20 when I had him and it gave me that drive, that motivation to push harder. And I think sometimes people don't have kids yet until they're later and they, I guess they're not as motivated. Yeah. And I feel like once, you know, I always hear from friends who are like, oh, now I have a family, I have kids, things change. And I would say, yeah, early on in my twenties, I remember really valuing time and, and flexibility because I was like, oh my God, having a kid is so difficult to balance the time. So I need to start a business because a job isn't going to give me flexibility. So my priority is having freedom to do what I want to do with, with the people I love. So I experienced that in my early 20s, whereas people in their 30s now or 40, whenever they have um, you know, had enough of the corporate life and realizing it's taking away a lot of their time from their family is when they're coming to that same realization. It's like, I need to do something with my life, more purposeful. It's not all about the money. It's about time. It's about freedom. It's about purpose and mission. And so I'm lucky that I've discovered that early on and having a kid young has been um, the, the driver for it. I love it. What's the mm. legacy that you're building for yourself and for your family? Yeah, um, my legacy is to just really set a good example in any way that I can. So, you know, I... I utilize every circumstance I can to show to, and when I say set a good example, is setting a good example of love, generosity, um, freedom, and just giving people that inspiration. And I try to, you know, I business is just like a, um, I guess, a measuring board more more for gamifying life, but in reality as part of my daily work every day in business, I enjoy the small moments. Like I love to, like I told you, sending a, a card to a team member, you know, doing some surprises. I would surprise my family and friends on a holiday and just doing little gestures or sometimes big gestures that aren't asked for. It shows people that, you know, um, you can actually share love and express love without trans being transactional. And I guess my legacy is just being able to get people to see that life is in creating joyful moment. And I want people to create more joyful moments and that anyone could do it. And you can do it at work. You can do it at home. You can do it when you're out there and you can, you can make your friends and family happy, not uh, and extended people happy, not just your immediate family. And so I try to do as many of these little things as possible to get people to go, wow, you know, how does she do that? Uh, because most people get so caught up in their day-to-day -day life that they don't have time for the thing that means the most. Because when you're dying in bed, it's really about who did I spend most time with? What did I do that was special and adding value to people? And so I just want to encourage people to do it more often every day cool so we're going to enter a round of random questions whatever comes to mind do share so if you could interview a famous person who would you choose oprah that's my favorite she's my favorite <laughs> i just feel like 
she's another version of me or I'm a version of her <laughs> I love it what's your favorite movie um Titanic popped up in my mind I love love movie I love things that just it's because of love and I remember that like you know that end moment and then they couldn't be together yeah I would say Titanic okay how can you tell if someone has a sense of humor uh you laugh at you just laugh at them <laughs> they make you laugh um without look, feeling awkward um they're witty I would say have a good sense of humor when they're witty yeah nice and what would you do with 10 million dollars I would still do the same as what I'm doing. I still run my own business. I still look for ways to um, uh, do philanthropy work, um, you know, and still wouldn't, you know, still try to raise my kids as if we don't have money, um, shouting friends and family on holiday, which I'm already doing. So I, would, I don't think anything is different. I'd just be doing more of it and more bigger quantity, yeah. You've mentioned philanthropy. Could you tell us what you do and how... It's impacting the people that you're helping. Yeah. So the fortunate thing about outsourcing angel is in itself, it's already a social enterprise, meaning when we create, um, when clients come to us for help, we actually hire people from developing countries like the Philippines. So helping people create, have jobs in their own home place um, is already something that's um, very valuable. And uh, sorry, sorry. It's very heartwarming for me uh, to know that for every job, created is a family's life um, changed but on top of that we also donate 10% of our profit towards charity projects so we do things as um, so we have different charity groups that we work with and they're not organizations with you know popular organizations where um, they take the money and then they might pay the admin people before anything goes this is we usually work with like direct people volunteers or friend of a friend who has family over there that needs help so we like to really go direct as much as possible and so some of these projects include people living in remote towns in the Philippines where they're up in the mountains hours away and people can't get there and there's no electricity no water nothing really and so we have volunteers there that we give money to and we would build water wells houses and just a bunch of things and then we've also used to work with um um, you know, like an orphan where there's a lot of kids and students in there that want to learn more about maybe how to work online. And so we've done stuff like that. And recently we've just been really adapting to whatever's happening in the marketplace. So meaning like when the Ukraine war happened, we would have our charity bucket to be able to donate to some work over there and some work in Vietnam. So it's really about us, um, you know, using the profit we earn from business and channeling into the right places um, as much as possible. May God continue blessing you for that work that you're doing. So in closing, is there anything else that you want to share with someone out there? Yeah. Um, I want to just let everyone know that, you know, business doesn't have to be stressful. Uh, life can be stressful in a sense where you feel, where you think there are things coming at you but you can still create happy moments so I would encourage you to um, you know don't accept things as is as okay well I have to be stressed things are happening so I have to be no you can turn to faith to God you can start designing your day so it allows you more time to work on yourself to there's things you can do to really 
um, change your life, to be happy. You can be happy in every moment, regardless of your circumstances. Thank you so much, Lynn, for sharing your insights. I want to appreciate you for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. So, dear listeners, I hope you picked up one or two words from this conversation. For me, is happiness is just an accumulation of joyful moments, and you can create that for yourselves. So, until the next episode, continue being brave. Mm-hmm.